Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Tonight I'm going to turn to a couple scripture readings in your presence, and I'm going to just try to teach a little bit, and I don't want to hold you long, so I, I want to, yeah, thank you for turning on that clock. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I, I don't want to, but I want to get something across. I felt like, uh, I felt like going back a little ways and, and picking some things up that I'd ministered and maybe minister in a different way or teach it in a different way tonight felt like God just began to move on me and he wouldn't let me all wouldn't let this get off my mind and it's been on my mind ever since it had kind of first come to me uh, when pastor asked me if I would take care of this that this had just I, I was up the other morning at two o'clock in the morning and, and the Lord just would not turn loose of this so I, I feel like there's a purpose in it for what we're doing tonight. Praise the Lord. In, in Isaiah chapter number 30, in your hearing, uh, I want to read some verses of Scripture there. Isaiah 30. I want to start at verse 1, read through 3, and then I'll drop down to 22. Amen. Hallelujah. Woe unto the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering but not of my spirit that they may add sin to sin that walk to go down unto Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the trust in the shadow of Egypt, your confusion. Then I want to drop down to verse number 20. And I want to read a few verses of scripture there. And though the Lord give you bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore. But thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, when you turn to the left, ye shall defile also the covering of graven images, of silver and of the ornament of the molten images of gold and thou shalt cast them away as a menstruous cloth thou shalt say unto it get thee hence then let me turn to Hebrews and read a couple of verses and then we'll go from there Hebrews chapter number 11 the faith chapter let's, let's turn there and I want to read uh, verse 20 and 25 11 Hebrews 11 24 and 25 by faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer 
affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Heavenly Father, asking you that you would move upon our minds and our spirits. Bring them together, God, for the good of your kingdom tonight. Lord, that we might receive something, Lord, in this teaching, Lord, to help us along our way, God, this year and even next, God. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Quicken our minds, I pray. In your holy name, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. You can be seated. I want to use this subject for a while tonight. Searching for help from the wrong place. Searching for help from the wrong place. You know, we're living in a world today that it's easy to do that. And, and I'm sorry, but I think sometimes we, and I'm, I'm not saying you, you notice that. I'm saying we as Christians get caught up in that. Uh, I remember those days, Sister McGee, when there was not hospitalization insurance. I remember children at home and and they got sick, and Sister Rhonda, we didn't just first take them to the doctor. But the first thing we'd done, Sister Margaret, was turn to prayer, turn to God. And I can remember so many instances that it wouldn't do me no good to tell you all of them. I'd be here all night, so I, I got to cut it short. But just, I can remember instances. Uh, uh, one, just my oldest daughter just burning up with fever. One night. I, I mean, we could, it was like 105. And Sister McGee and I put her in bed with us, and we laid our hands on her and began to pray for her. And this is honest truth. This is how God works when we put our faith and trust in him. I remember we laid our hands on her body, and while we was praying, she began to cool. Come on. You, you know, today, and, and I, I, I'm not sure what we would do today. You know, since you got that card in your pocket, what would we do? You know, instead of trying the Lord first, I wonder if we just say, you know, we better take her to the emergency room. But there was no place else to turn back then. I didn't have insurance anyhow. So the only insurance I had was God. And I'm going to tell you right now, he is the best insurance policy you can have. <laughs> Glory. I'm telling you, I've got a retirement plan out of this world. What a great God. But this is where we're at. We're living in this hour. And, and, and I'm not proud of that. I think, I think it's hurt us in some ways. I thank God for insurance. Don't get me wrong. I don't know where I'd be if, you know, with open heart surgery if we hadn't had insurance. I don't know where I'd be. I guess I'd be in God's hands, wouldn't I? No matter. I was anyway, so, you know, so I'm still here, and it's not quite three years, and I turned another year older today, so I guess I'm doing all right. By the help of the Lord, I'm doing all right. So let me tell you that this thing can suck you in. 
this thing of, of trying all of your avenues first. When it comes to financial needs, we look at our checkbook, we look see what's in our billfold. Look, see if there's any savings to be had. And then we panic. But I seen mama and a daddy that didn't do that. They got on their knees and they began to pray. And the need was answered. I remember five children at home, Sister McGee, and I was without a job. It seemed like, you know, in Indiana, I'm telling you, unemployment don't pay nothing in Indiana. And, uh, my, didn't know what we was going to do. But I'm going to tell you, God took care of us. It was busy season at home church, and I run the sound system, and uh, it was Christmas play and preparation for Christmas going on. We never missed a night of that preparation. I was there to run the sound system. Pastor called, he'd, he'd, Pastor Sizemore would say, Brother McGee, is everything all right? He said, yes, sir. He said, everything's all right. I got money in my pocket just like I was working. And I didn't draw, and I only drawed one unemployment check. I'm telling you how God takes care of you. And he took care of us, but it would be easy to lean on the arm of flesh, you know. But when you begin to pray, God comes through. I want you to know that God comes through. So in our story this evening, the, they were here, here Israel here was, uh, they was having trouble with the Assyrians. The backdrop of the story and uh, they, they thought they needed some help. And so uh, they... They just, they just thought they'd go down to Egypt because they had horses. They could, you know, they, they, all they had was donkeys and camels and they wanted something that's faster than that. They wanted, but I'm telling you, that's not always the right thing to do. It's a good thing to pray first. Pray first. Hallelujah. Uh, let, let, me, let, me get it, let me get it started this way. You remember of tasting something and, and uh, making a statement, something like this before. This stuff is addictive. You ever done that before? Huh? Once you tasted it, you couldn't seem to put it down. It was just so good, you know. And uh, you, you, you get addicted to the taste. Somebody say amen. I would to God in the church that we could get addicted to what we feel. I thought, you know, I just done a little something. And I thought, you know, it'd be easy to get addicted. I'm going to show you that you can get addicted. Sister Ron, you close your eyes. Close your eyes. Just, just put your hand right here and take just a few things in there and eat it. Just put it in your mouth and eat it. Oh, you want to do it too, don't you? Okay, close your eyes. You got to close your eyes too because I may give you some. 
You can just get a little of this now. Okay, just a little. Put it in your mouth. Don't, don't open your mouth. I know. Try it. Put it in your mouth. Now, I know you want some, ain't you? Want more, ain't you? I'm not giving Sister McGee any. Sister Trout don't want any. Brother Mike does. Stick your hand up here, brother. You don't do it. You want some, don't you, Sister Linda? You don't want any? You sure? She just don't want to get addicted. That's what it is. Brother Mike? Uh, you don't want any either. I don't want you getting addicted anyway, brother. Sister Charlene wants some. Just close your eyes, sister. Try that out. Sister Deb wants some. You don't want any? She don't want to get addicted. Sister Margaret does. Here, just just stick your hand down in here and get this little lap and try that out. Sister Angie, I know she she wants a little. Just a little. Just stick your hand down in here and get some of this. Sister Sheila wants something, I know. Just... Sister Rhonda wants some, I know. You better get some for him, too. Put them in your mouth. Yeah. Anybody want any more? <laughs> Look up there. tonight here brother Aiden you gotta hold it up though you can't let them see in it brother Aiden you take some up there short make, make them close their eyes make, hold it up there and let them put their hand in and get it but don't let them look don't let them look <laughs> I'm telling you what don't Tell pastor there's enough spirit in here till the sound men all come down to the bottom. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take that away from him. Are you addicted? Now I, I want you to tell me. All of you raise your hands that you could get addicted on something like that. If it didn't shut you off, you could eat all of them, couldn't you? I got something I thought that everybody would like. Now that's how easy it is. And I'm going to tell you, that's what Satan knows too. He knows how to get you addicted on things that you don't need to be addicted on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
And in, in our scripture text, what they were doing, these Israelites, Brother Mike, they were going down to Egypt and make a deal with them. Come on now. And Egypt always represents sin. And let me t- and notice they were going down to Egypt. I'm going to tell you, any time that you're going, to, you're going to make a deal with the enemy, you're going downward. And I don't know about you, but I'm on the upward move, and I don't care about stepping down and making a deal with Satan. Because what he'll do is he'll say, you try a little of this and see if you like it. If he can entice you to do a little bit of sin, he'll add sin to sin, and after a while, your cupboard is full of sin. And I believe that's where we're at in the church today. You know why it's so hard to keep people in church? Because they get addicted to something on the outside. And part of the problem is is because we in church aren't addicted to the right thing. Whoop! I would to God, Brother Mike, that we could get, a doc, uh, get addicted to the Holy Ghost. Get addicted to the Spirit of God. Saying, hey, I like what I feel and if it takes me to pray an hour, then I'm going to pray so I can get some more of this. Hallelujah. Well, glory. I'm about to get happy here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, he'll make a deal with Egypt. Make a deal with the world. Make a deal with the devil. <laughs> they, what they done, the first thing they done wrong was they trusted Pharaoh. You remember the beginning, that's where it all started anyway. Come on. Pharaoh treated them like dogs. And now here they are. The Lord delivered them out of the hands of Pharaoh. Now they are asking for his help. The Lord said, what in the world are you doing? Now, when you start trusting in Pharaoh, when you start trusting sin, when you start trusting the enemy, it's dangerous ground. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, let me just, let me just open your understanding a little bit. The word Pharaoh means a representative of the sun god. He's a representative of idol worship. That's what Pharaoh means. So here we are. We're God's children, and we are depending on a Pharaoh. We're depending and putting our faith in an idol worshiper. He's worshiping false gods. Yet, if we're not careful, is that not what we do today? Come on. We put our faith in our... Ooh, I hate to do this, but because I know there's sickness and all of that, and I've been there too, so I don't want you to feel... I, I had doctor's appointment the other day. I had, had to go get my sugar and all that checked. But if we're not careful, 
We're dependent more on the doctor than we are God. And the first thing you know, you'll be thinking the doctor healed you. In fact, he'll tell you that. But I let him know right away that he's not the healer and he can't heal nobody. He starts telling me what all I need to do in my body. And I died one day. I really did. He, he's telling me what all I needed to do to take care of my health, this and that. And I said, have you forgot what I do for a living? I know you're a preacher. I said, okay, I'll leave some things in God's hands because he's done miracles. You want me to start? He didn't want to hear miracles. He walked out of the room. You know what? They don't want to hear about what God does. It's all right to tell them how good of a job they're doing. My, if I wouldn't have been for you, I don't know what I'd done, you know. But I'm telling you, if it wasn't for God, I don't know what I'd done. Because he's healed things that the doctor couldn't heal. They can give you a pill and treat the symptoms, but they can't heal you. I'm telling you what, church, we can take some medicine in the Holy Ghost and it'll heal you. No mark left of the surgery. Come on. God can do a surgery and <laughs> there's no place there to show that he done it. But people can see the results of what's happened. Glory, let that, let that take hold in us. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Well, I better hurry. I'm already 21 minutes into this already. I better hurry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can only use the things of the world as instruments. Everybody say instruments. Of Him, of God, okay? Of God. Alone who endowed them to be of use to us. Let me tell you, God uses the things of the world to confound the wise many times. He uses the bad for the good. But I've, I want to tell you something. We can't look and say, well, that person done that. No, it was only God used that person. He can use anything he wants to use. He can use the world, come on, to bring money to the church. It's happened. Come on. I said it's happened. It's people that's not really in church that I've seen and blessed the church with finances. You know how that happened? It was God that done. He allowed, he endued the church. Come on. He endowed the church. Amen. With the blessing of the Holy Ghost to allow the sinner to do something for the church. Glory. Hallelujah. See, what we do if we're not careful, we depend on Pharaoh and we'll depend on his army. We'll depend, we'll depend on Satan and, and uh, we'll, de we'll depend on the world to work things out in our life. And we will fail to give God 
any time to counsel us. I want you to remember something. An Egyptian king's daughter led Solomon to idolatry. It's what caused Solomon to go the way of the world. And why Solomon failed as king is because he had too many idolatrous women in his life. 700 wives and 300 concubines, you'd be crazy too. She. My wife's tease, always teasing me, saying, I'll be gone one of these days and you'll get you a good wife. I said, listen, I don't need another one. Come on, church. I'm telling you. But if we're not careful, we get sucked into this thing. The sin that you tasted of now, you cannot seem to shake loose from it. That little thing that seems so small, it grows and it becomes bigger till you're addicted and you can't shake loose. That first little sin, you know a person backslides, but you know it starts usually for one little old thing, Brother Andrew. Come on. The enemy will lead you to do some little old thing. And once you've tasted of that, you think, you know, I don't really believe there's anything wrong with this. And the world will make you believe that it's all right. That you are living beneath your privileges and you should not, ta you should not feel bad about what you're doing. He'll tell you it's all right. He'll say everybody else is doing. They're going to church and everything's going good for them. I'm worried because I believe in this day and hour that if we're not careful, the church can lean toward the world and the first thing you know, we're picking up their things. And it may seem harmless, but somebody outside looking in don't see it as harmless. Stevie Sanders used to, and some of you older folk will remember that, with the Goodmans, sung with the Goodmans long years ago when they were on radio and on TV. He used to sing a song, You're the Only Bible That Some People Reads. Now, I don't, I don't know whether you ever think of this or not, but there, there's oft times that that song comes to my memory that you're the only Bible some people read, so I want to be careful and watch how I walk and how I talk. The places I go. What I wear. Woo! How I look. How I talk. Because it's easy to get caught up. And I'm telling you, the so-called, there's enough so-called Christians out here to tell you that it's all right. I was looking at a book the other night. It's, it's about church growth and, you know, the mega churches and 
You know what? I started thumbing through that book and all of these that were big mega churches. Guess what? Almost, there were some in there, but I'm going to tell you, the biggest, probably 90% of them was non-denominational churches. They didn't want a name on their church. You know why? Because we'll accept anything. We'll work with you. It's all right. No, sir, it's not all right. There is a Bible to go by. Come on, church. There, oh, there's too many people that think, oh, well, all you got to do is believe on him. I'm telling you, you got to do more than believe on him. There's a life to live. There's a heaven to gain, and there's a hell to shun. There's a right way to live, and there's a wrong way to live. Glory. I met some pastor that say, well, I'm so-and-so's pastors, and I really couldn't tell he's even a pastor. Let me tell you something. There are people knows when there's a real pastor around. Sister McGee, I remember a time when we was in the pastor position your aunt was in the house, was, was having a surgery. Where was it? Was it Springfield, Illinois? Plum out of our. Sister McGee and I went to that surgery. Big hospital. She had surgery. I'd be walking up and down the corridor. They, you know, that day was walking around, and the nurse, there was a nurse in that hospital walking down through there, and she stopped me. She said, Pastor, I didn't tell her I was Pastor. I didn't have a sign on. She said, Pastor, I really appreciate you. She said, You know, you can just tell by looking at you, you're a Pastor. She said, you know what? It, it's a sad day when pastors walk in this place and you can't tell them from people on the street. She said, it makes me sick. A nurse told me that. She said, thank you for dressing respectably and being a man of God. The world knows, come on. The way you look, the way you talk, your mannerism, they know if you're a Christian or not. And we need to remember that people are watching us and we're the only Bible that some of them ever read. They've never ever word, read the Word of God, but they know your life. Whew. Mercy, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in here. I don't know if you feel those waves coming over, but every now and then I just get to feel them. See, see, sins, when, it, when sin adds to sin, one complements the other. Did you ever notice that when, when, a person, when a person sins, he wants to drag somebody else in, he'll say, you, you, that's a bunch of baloney. You all don't need to be doing that. Your pastor ain't right for telling you to do that. Well, and then it just blows their mind. You say, hey, my pastor didn't tell me to do this at all. I read the word of God. Thank God for the word and thank God for pastors that stand up for right. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you begin to add sin to your inventory of sins, and pretty soon sin begins to add up until you become full of sin. And then you wonder why you can't get a hold of God anymore. You walk into the service. If you're not, you anybody ever, ever got to the place in your walk with God that you come into church and you didn't feel like you used to feel? Come on. Did it seem like that you didn't feel the spirit like you used to feel it? And you thought, man, what's going on? You know what? If you start checking yourself out, you'll find out where it all started. It's usually one little old something. You know, what he does is he tells you, you know, you're just plain old tired. You need to stay home tonight. That's one of the first places it starts. Real good intentions. You was, you was tired. I'm not saying you wasn't. But what he does is he'll use that and he'll say, you know, you, you just wore out. You need some rest. So you stay home. And the next service, you've got a split and a headache. You don't feel good. You better just stay home. So you stay home again. You're sick. And the first thing you know, the next service night, somebody in your family comes to your house just about time to go to church. I got a call on the way to church tonight. You know what? I didn't return it. It was a family member too. Come on, church. What I'm saying is, it seems like a small thing, but after a while, it begins to grow and you want to stay home. You start losing your desire to be there and you forget that that's where you meet up with God and where your prayers are answered and where you get fellowship and encouragement and strength. It comes from the church. It comes from God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you get full of sin. And then you start worrying. Because you can't feel God like you. You don't have that, you don't have that relationship. He, he don't deal with you anymore. He don't talk to you like he used to. And then, then, this, is, then this is where we get to. We get to that place and we, we begin to, to wonder. How did I ever get here? And where did it start? What happened? How did I arrive where I'm at and not notice it? You know what? You're usually the last person to notice it. Everybody else notices it before you do. You know why? Because they're watching your life. I, don't, I hate to say this, but a lot of times people out in the world notices that you're becoming more like them before you ever know that anything's wrong. Oh, Jesus. And then, then that little questionnaire brings you to the place and you, you start worrying about where you're at and the coming of the Lord's near and now how am I going to get back? What am I going to do? You know? Or is it possible for me to ever get back? And this is where the devil works his way in. 
He'll tell you, you've done went too far. You might as well forget it. You can't live this. Brother Mike, how many times has he told you and Sister Brenda that over the years? You can't live this. He'll drain your joy telling you you can't make it. The answer is, yes, you can work your way back. I want to remind you that you need to go back right where you left him and pick up right there. Because God does not walk away from you. It's always you that walk away from God. And if you'll go back to where it all started and say, Oh, Lord, all right, Lord, I need you to help me. I'm telling you, he'll help you. He'll answer your prayer. He'll hear you. But you've got to work your back way back to where he is. If you think you can stay out of church and live for God, then forget it. It is never going to happen. You can't do it. We need each other. Ah, come on. We're the body of Christ. And, and there's people in here that's fingers and thumbs and toes and heads and eyes. and We're all a part of that body. And God has placed us in this church. And each one of us has got a job in the body. I, I know, I know. It's, I know it's plain old simple teaching, but the truth is, try to pick something up with just the thumb. Try to pick it up with two fingers. You can do it if it isn't too heavy. But you know what? If you really want to get a grip on something, you're going to go like this. Or you're going to go like this. If members work together, come on, like God set us in order to do, we can have a revival church. Come on, I know it's, I know. Come on, Bishop. Yeah, you think we haven't got a revival church? I'm saying we can have a revival church even stronger and better than it's ever been. I said better than it's ever been. Not talking about my son. I'm talking about all the years that I've been pastoring. We can have a better, if we get a better relationship with God, we can have a revival church right here in Mount Carmel in the midst of all the demonic powers that work in this place. We can have revival. I'm going to tell you, people that's not been around this, this demonic spirit that works in this area, I'm going to tell you who it was. I'm going to tell you nothing, no names, nothing, but I'm just going to tell you that a while back somebody become preach this church. Pastor talked to me. He said, I knew right away. They was just like, man, wasn't feeling too good about what they's doing. Didn't seem like they could minister, just having all kinds of trouble. Finally got a little breakthrough and preached. They come to Paul afterwards. He said, man, I just really got worried. He said, man, I just felt like 
real and preach. He said, welcome to Mount Carmel. He said, they give me a funny look. But he said, Dad, it's true. All the years we've been in this area, we've had more than one evangelist that said, when I drive into Mount Carmel, I feel an evil spirit. When I get in this area, I can feel it. You can feel when you come into it. Come on, church. Let's run the devil out of town. Let's get rid of the evil spirits in our city. We got the power to do it. You know what it's going to take? A relationship. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take getting to church when it's time for church. Come on. And else you're sick. Come on now. We need to get to church when we can. There's too many excuses. It's not really excuses. It's nothing more than the enemy trying to keep you from what you need. Glory. I'm talking about searching for help in the wrong place. Oh, Jesus. I've got to get it. Hallelujah. Often in, in the river, they're in the Wabash. There's, there's holes in the Wabash River. And if you get in certain areas, kernels suck you under. I've seen it do it. Had a had a nephew that almost drowned because it did and carried him down the river for miles. All he could do was keep his head above water and happened to kind of drift in a little bit where he could get out of that. Finally got out of it. But it took him about a mile down the river. Could have been could have drowned. That's the way sin is. It'll suck you. If you get too close to it. It'll take you under. You'll end up someplace you don't want to be. In fact, you'll say, how did I get here? And I don't even know how I got here. I don't know how I stayed alive. Hallelujah. Now we have the can't get back group. You know, we're wandering out here and can't seem to find their way back. They can't seem to find or don't recognize the landmarks anymore. They, 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 don't even, they don't even recognize right and wrongs anymore. That's a sad thing. I'm talking about people that's been in church that know. But they've been sucked into it so deep that they've, Brother Zach, almost forgot truth. Sad thing. If you're not careful, you'll believe a lie and be damned. Their eyesight is grown dim. They don't seem to recognize sin like they used to. It, it's eyes, eyes is blinded to what's going on. Now, now this thing that sucked them in becomes a part of their life and it's and now it's just a way of life it's a normal thing at first they try to hide what they're doing you ever notice that and the first thing you know sister Ron they're doing it openly and feeling no 
nothing bad at all. Slipped away and started buying lottery tickets. Don't even realize it's wrong, supposed. Even won a little bit a couple times. Sister Margaret, you know how it is to get addicted to that junk. No, but money. One of them, them old slop machines. That's their... We got to watch, church. Somebody's watching us. They're the only. You're the only Bible some people read. It's time to not let Satan blind us. We need to get back to safety. Don't let don't let Satan swallow you and destroy you. You don't have to die in the current. There's a way out. There's a lifeline you can grab a hold of called Jesus Christ. The prodigal, you know his story. He left home. Daddy gave him his part. He went out and he spent it on riotous living. He used every bit of money that daddy had given him until it was run out. And he found himself eating with the hogs. The sad part about it, he didn't recognize where he was at till he started feeding with the hogs. And the Bible said then he remembered, Brother Mike, he remembered Daddy and Daddy's hard servants and how they had more to eat than they even needed. And he said, if I can just find my way back home. Come on, church. Let's not get so far away from God that we spend it all for the enemy. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You need to go back where you left him because the truth is, is he's like the prodigal's father. He's waiting on you right where you left. Luke 15 and 17, the prodigal, let, let, let me just read it. When he came to himself, when he came to himself, he said, how many hard servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. One last verse, and I'm closing to The Bible said in Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So be it. Let me tell you. He said, I won't leave here. I won't forsake you. So let me tell you. When the devil tells you there's no way back, I want you to know that God's there. He's very present. Psalms 46 and 1. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to search in the enemy's camp for help. But, but, but the first thing people does when they get, start getting kind of cold on God, 
is they'll go find somebody they think will agree with them. Now ask them a question to get their approval. Because sin likes to add to sin. So we got to be careful, church, because you're, you're, you're the only Bible that some people read. Some of them's never opened a book, but they know your life. They're watching you. Amen. Could you stand? Hallelujah. Come back Sunday. Sunday morning, be here. I need you Sunday morning, too. You're going to have to listen to me all over Sunday morning. But you're going to have a good preacher Sunday night. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.